Well, this is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If you are tuning into our online service this morning, I just want to welcome you wherever you are, in your living room, in your bedroom. You can be watching from your, te- um, in your cell phone, your laptop, or your iPad. I just want to welcome you to our service this morning. And I thank God for being gracious to me to share the communion with you uh, this morning. And I just want to encourage you this morning that whatever you're going through during this season is not going to last forever. And there's a time and a season for everything. So maybe you have lost your job because of what's happening now. Maybe, I mean, your business has closed down. I just want to assure you that God is still in control of your situation. I can see people just don't, not knowing what to do, just gripped by fear. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that we have not received the spirit of fear, but we have received the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. And in a state where nations don't know what to do, presidents literally don't know what to do, it seems like there is um, um, something happening that no one has an idea about. I want you to know that God has given us his spirit. What did Jesus say when he was leaving us? He said that I'm going to the Father. But when I go, I'll ask the Father, and then he will send you the Holy Spirit. He will send you the Harak HaKodesh, which is the Holy Spirit. And he's going to direct you in the affairs of life. So literally, we have a heavenly GPS. It looks like an uncharted territory, but there is a heavenly GPS. And when we rely on the Holy Spirit, he's going to direct us to it all in the name of Jesus. When I was preparing to share the communion with you, the Holy Spirit ministered to me that the church has come to the place of Haggai chapter 2 verse 9, which says that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. So I see that the church is getting ready for an explosion of the revival in these times. Just like Ezekiel said in the temple, that the level of the water kept rising and rising and rising. That is where the church is getting to, where we see the glory of the Lord filling us and in everything we do entirely. So I want to encourage you also from Psalm 91 verse 9. It says that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's critical to know that dwelling in the Hebrew literally means to sit down. So what is it saying? Sit down, take a rest, take a deep breath out of everything that is happening and just dwell in the presence of the Lord. And when you dwell in the presence of the Lord, he will protect you. Another word for the shadow is his protection. So we enjoy the protection of the Most High when we rest in his presence. Hallelujah. Can I share uh, a prayer with you? Wherever you are, if you are sick or if you have a loved one who is sick, if you know someone who is going through difficult times because of the virus or the pandemic that's uh, come around, just lay your hands on your computer. Just lay your hands on your TV or whatever you have, even as I pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people, wherever that they are seated, wherever that they are lying, I pray that your presence will touch them right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you shall minister unto them. I send forth holy angels on assignment to minister to the needs of your people in their jobs, in their career, even for the single moms and the single dads who are going through exhaustion during this time, taking care of the kids at home. Father, I pray that you shall minister comfort to them by your Holy Spirit, and you shall speak to them. Your truth shall come to them, and it shall be a shield and a backlight unto them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.
Beloved, isn't it exciting that today is also Palm Sunday? Well, I'm excited. And so we thank God that it's also Palm Sunday. And um, Palm Sunday is just a Sunday before the Easter. And it's also scriptural. If you look into the Bible, it talks about Palm Sunday. It literally represents um, Jesus' triumphant journey into Jerusalem. And the Bible says that Jesus sat on a donkey and he walked through the streets to Jerusalem. But what, what is key is that the people around him cut palm branches and they put it on the floor and they were, I mean, uh, they kept it in the sky. They were just flying it in the sky. It's unfortunate we cannot connect with that because we can't have church together. But in the same way, we can sit in our rooms and lift up our hands and just give him all the glory. I want to share with you three things about Palm Sunday. The first thing is the people just wave palm branches and it symbolizes victory. It symbolizes goodness. So what they were literally saying is that Jesus has given us a victory over death. That's why we can boldly say that, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Because he triumphed into uh, victory for us. When he sat on a donkey, it looked as if people were cheering him on. He knew he was going into his death, but he knew that his death was victory for us in Jesus' name. The second thing is that the donkey symbolizes peace. And so Jesus riding on a donkey, being a king in his own right, we, that's why we call him the prince of peace. And in the, in the olden days, donkeys was a reserve for the most important people, say kings and people who are in authority. So it shows that our king, Jesus, walked in authority. He is the prince of peace. And now we can enjoy the peace that he has given us. And so the Bible says in Zechariah 9 verse 9 that, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation. He is humble and mounted on a donkey, on a coat, the foal of a donkey. And the third, the third thing I want to leave with you is, as the people lifted up their hands in the sky, as they put in the air, sorry, as they put the cloth on the floor, as they put the palm branches on the floor, what they were shouting out was, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They were literally hailing, the, uh, hailing Christ as king. Now, that word Hosanna means save now. Though they thought probably Jesus was going to save them from the hands of the Romans, but it is symbolic of him being our salvation. Hallelujah. God had a different mindset when this was happening because he wanted salvation to come to all men in the mighty name of Jesus. So this morning, I just want to share with you um, and by way of scripture, try to uh, demystify some misconceptions that we have regarding the communion. Now, literally, when we, when we say communion, it means fellowship. It could also mean partnership or participation. But another thing that a communion means is union. If you separate, is it communion? So it literally shows the union that we have with Christ through his spirit and with God. 
And so when we take communion, we partake of the union that we have with God. And so it, it creates um, a picture also of the husband and the wife. The Bible says that for this reason, a man shall leave his house and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And that one flesh means union. So communion is a revelation of the union that we have with Christ. It's a revelation of the partnership we have with the Godhead. It's literally having an interaction between divinity and humanity. So this morning, what we are doing is not just a ritual. It's not just religion, but actually it is a lifestyle. Because there is power in the communion. And the power in the communion is the same in the past, is the same now, and will be the same in the future. So why don't we look at some scriptures that talks about the communion? We can see communion throughout scripture from the Old Testament to the New. But what is interesting is there came a time in the Bible that the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah had to go for war. And they went for war. They lost the battle, unfortunately. And what happened was that those who defeated them came back and seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, including Lot. Now, Lot at this time was separate from Abraham. And the scripture reference is Genesis chapter 14. You can read it for yourself. But when that happened, they captured Lot, everything that Lot ever had, and they took him away. So one day, one of the guys in the field, on, on the battlefield, came back to Abraham and said, look, Abraham, your nephew Lot has been captured. And so quickly, Abraham gathered together his servants who were trained for war, about 318, and they went for war. And then when they got there, Abraham set camps around the people by night. And they, they, they slew all um, the people and captured back their goods. Now, if you want to know the rest of the story, just grab your Bible and let's go into the word of God. In Genesis chapter 14, verse uh, 17, it says that, And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shave after his return from the defeat of Chaliloma and the kings who were with him. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord. God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a tread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. So isn't it interesting that the Bible says that Melchizedek, who is the king of Salem, who is a type and shadow of our high priest, Jesus Christ, came to Abraham and presented to him bread and wine, which are the symbols of communion. So Abraham literally had communion 
with Melchizedek. It's the same way in our times where we, we, we sit together as a church and have communion in the presence of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Now, what is intriguing is if you go with me to chapter 15, verse 1, it says that after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great word. Isn't it amazing that right after Abram had communion and paid his sin, he had a visitation from heaven. He literally started downloading from the corridors of heaven. The word of God came to Abraham in such a strong way that he had never felt before. And what is interesting is if you read throughout the whole account, the word of the Lord didn't come to Abraham just once. It came twice. He had a double portion of the visitation of God upon his life, which shows how significant communion is in our lives. If you feel that the heavens are shut over you, if you feel that things are not working out the way you want them to work, maybe this is the time to turn to the Lord. Repent of your ways and partake in the communion, for it will open doors unto you for you to hear from heaven. Now, because of time, I'll just quickly go to um, Exodus chapter 12, which is also a very interesting um, scripture. Now, it talks about the, the people of Israel. The Bible says that God came to Moses and Aaron and said, I gather all the people of Israel and let them, let them kill a lamp, preferably a one-year-old lamp, and they should use the blood of the lamp on their doorposts. God gave them specific instructions. He said, I kill the lamb in the evening and dip it and pour the blood on hyssop, which is hyssop is um, 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 a medicinal uh, plant, and smear it on your doorpost, on the top and the two side posts. Now, if you look at it figuratively, you can see the picture of the cross. You kill the lamb, which is at the bottom, you smear it at the top and on the two side posts, and you have the cross. That's why our Savior and Master Jesus went on the cross for us to sacrifice for us. And so he said that, watch this, he says, kill the lamb, pour the blood out, roast the meat, and eat it in the night. And he gave them specific instructions that when you do this, stay in your home. Isn't it interesting that we are told to stay in our homes now? This is the time for the church to realize that whatever is happening now is for the great call of the church in the mighty name of Jesus. And so I just want to share with you briefly also that if you are interested, you can read more about this scripture. It gets me excited and I can go on and on and on. But what is most intriguing is that the Bible says that in that night, the spirit of death came throughout the whole of Egypt and not one of the Israelites were touched. But after all these things happened, these are the things that happened to the people of Israel. One, they left Egypt with the presence of God. The Bible says that God was with them as a pillar of cloud in the day and as a pillar of fire in the night to protect them. Two, they went out wealthy because then the Egyptians were so afraid of them that they gave everything they had to the Israelites. Three, they went out full of the lamb because they had eaten the lamb. 
And who is the lamp? The lamp is Jesus, the Son of God. They were full of him as they went throughout Egypt um, into the promised land. And most interestingly, they were all healthy, the name of Jesus. As they partook in the Passover lamp, they were all healthy in the name of Jesus. So for communion, as a church, we believe that you don't have to wait for Sunday to take communion. You can literally take communion as many times as you want. It is said in the olden times that the first church used to take communion three times a day. Well, that is a challenge for all of us. Take communion as you want. And what, is the element, what are the elements of communion? It's just bread and wine. You can go for juice. You can go for even water. It doesn't really matter. But what matters is the revelation of what communion really represents in our life. So when we talk about the bread, Jesus said so many things about him being the bread of life. He says that he's the bread of heaven. At some point, he even compared himself to manna. But what is interesting in this bread is that Jesus sacrificed his own body for us. And this bread, when you eat of this bread, the Bible says that you receive eternal life. You receive the way, which is a God kind of life. Even as Jesus taught us in, um, I, I believe in John chapter 6, where he says that he is the bread of life. The communion also represents the table of his presence. So when we go together in communion, we are fellowshipping with the presence of God by the manifestation of his Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. And we also have the, the wine or the juice which symbolizes the blood. The Bible says that in Matthew 26 verse 28 that this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So what does the blood of Jesus do for us? It literally bridges the gap between man and God. And because of the blood of Jesus, we have access to God. We are able to go to the presence of God. All of us can go to the presence of God, not just the priest or the pastor. All of us can go to the presence of God because of the blood of Jesus. Also, when we take communion, we give the blood of Jesus a voice of our lives. Have you ever wondered that blood has a voice? If not, just read Genesis chapter 4. When Cain killed his brother Abel, the Bible says that God came to Cain and said that, what have you done, Cain? For the voice of your brother's blood cries to me from the ground. So blood has a voice. That's why we need to give, the, uh, you need to allow the blood of Jesus to speak of our lives. And what is the blood of Jesus speaking over us today? The blood of Jesus is telling us that we are his righteousness. The blood of Jesus is telling us we are victorious. The blood of Jesus is telling us that we are complete in Christ. It is telling us that Christ in us, the hope of glory. The blood of Jesus is telling us that our sins, past, now, future, is forgiven because Jesus died once for all of our sins. And the blood of Jesus is telling us that through Christ, we can do everything because he strengthens us. Now, so when we take communion, in the revelation of the word of God, we need to be expectant to receive the full benefit of communion because there is power in communion. And it's not just a ritual, as I already said. So in agreement with you, wherever you are, in your homes, in your cars, at the workplace, we're going to go to the table of the Lord together. 
and take communion. And by so doing, we are remembering what Christ did for us uh, on the cross. He gave us uh, a life, and the life is life eternal. So why don't you take your Bible with me, even as I read from the scripture before we take communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup. And he had served, when he had served, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That is such a strong word. But I just want to tell you that if you are feeling ashamed of things you have done, we are, we are all not perfect. If you're feeling ashamed of the sins you've committed, this is the time to go back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. You know what? Why don't we do it now? Wherever you are, just say it with me. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died on the cross for us. In the name of Jesus, we repent of all the sins that we've committed. And Father, we pray that even as we partake in the communion, we shall receive the forgiveness of sins. And if you did that, I pray that the voice that is in the blood of Jesus will speak to you. It will speak over your situation in the mighty name of Jesus. It will silence the voice of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. And it also says that, but let a man examine himself. So let, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So even as you have taken the communion, why don't you just sit down in the quietness of your room or wherever you are and just reflect on this, the, the, the symbol of the communion, what it represents in your life, even as you have given yourself to the Lord. For he says that he that eats and drinks unwedly eats and drinks damnation to himself, not descending the Lord's body. But thankfully, by the scriptures we've read this morning, we have descended the Lord's body. That is not a ritual, but it's a lifestyle. That is not ordinary, but it's supernatural in the mighty name of Jesus. And before I go, I'd like to leave you with these five points. First point is communion is a union that changes you. The second point is there is always an exchange in the realm of the spirit, which ministers to us healing, wholeness, eternal life, hope for the future as we partake of the communion. Also, the blood of Jesus overcomes the devil. And the blood of Jesus speaks better things for us. And finally, the blood of Jesus is for the past, the present, and the future. So the Bible says that for we overcame him 
by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Can you just lift up your hands with me? Even as we close off this service, I pray that wherever you are, Spirit of the living God, minister to your people. The Holy Spirit just ministered to me that there is someone with an eye problems, like your left eye. And the Holy Spirit is healing you right now in the name of Jesus. Why don't you just receive it right now in the name of Jesus? There's someone with a heart problem. And the Holy Spirit is touching you right now. There's someone expecting to receive a breakthrough in his finances. The Holy Spirit is ministering to you right now. There's help on the way coming for you in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I thank you. And I give you all the praise and all the glory that you are with us. We thank you for your presence in our lives. And we thank you that even as we have taken off the, the bread and the wine, symbolizing the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, we shall experience the full benefit of communion. We pray that the exchange that happened on Calvary shall become a reality in our lives today. And so we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen and amen.